to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Days of Reckoning. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction. Righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Monday, January 29th in the year 2024. As we start to see the many things that are assembling around the world, we are literally witnessing the world falling apart. People are awakening, systems are starting to collapse, economic markets are being stressed beyond limit. We're seeing governments starting to fight within each other, corporations become vulturous and try to tear each other apart. All of this is happening around us and it ultimately is going to lead to the collapse of what we know as the world, but equally is more appropriately called Babylon. This is a time of the true great awakening, the true essence of what we're about. And tonight we're going to do a walk back on a number of things that I think are important to remember to got it, that got us here and some things that are very critical to remind ourselves of as we move forward into what is really going to be quite a transformational year, 2024. And before we get going tonight, one thing that's absolutely certain is food has become a weapon system. It's old in, in a old way of fighting. It's part of siege warfare. Food has always been used as a weapon system, and they're using it again. You're seeing the collapse of the system. You're seeing the breakdown of supply chain logistics. You're seeing even the, the shortages of labor, all of this by design that ultimately will lead to shortages. And we're seeing shortages happen, and we're seeing inflation hit the market. Those two things alone, whether it's shortages or inflation, will create shortages in the home. Be prepared. Be prepared because there's also natural disasters, social upheaval. These things are on the horizon and going to be very likely to happen. The where you need to go is bar, preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. There you're going to find the three-month emergency food kit. It's a food kit that is put together by My Patriot Supply. It has a $200 discount. It's something you need for every member of your family. They have a 25-year shelf life, 2,000 calories a day, well-packed and good meals for each person, things that you're going to need in times of stress and in times of change and upheaval. These packets are easy to store, easy to be mobile if you need it. And again, you get one for every member of your family and you are secure in your mind. And if you order by 3 p.m. on the on that day, you're going to get same day free shipping. So head on over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. Use, just check out what you see there on your three-month emergency food kit and save the $200 and get it today. It's awesome. Okay. Probably the most important post today, and this is... Truly, I, when I found this, I was like, wow, this is, sums up so much. Let me get to it right here. And this post was gone on a, an account on X called Jack Straw. And this is what it reads. It says, by, if you haven't heard, Evergrande, which is China's huge real estate conglomerate hedge fund, has now been, is not being bailed out by China anymore. And it has, its stock is, value has literally fallen to zero. So what this, what this is saying is that by China not bailing out Evergrande, this event is likely to trigger 
and equity market collapse, which would include Blackstone, BlackRock, and Vanguard, as $127.7 trillion foreign dollars are repatriated back to the U.S. Treasury. And then it says, there's an alert sign on this post, and it says, Iraqi dinar RV goes live, China returns to a gold standard. The whole world is shifting in this currency market. The real war we're looking at here is the currency. And then it goes on to say, why would foreigners hold dollars when China, 19 trillion GDP, the largest Eurasian economy, didn't bail out dollar bond holders? In other words, there's going to be an exodus of the dollar pushing it back to us. That's going to affect our markets tremendously. In the, sh- in the long, it may be good. In the short, it's going to be very disruptive. But here's the bottom line of this. And this was a, it was a comment made underneath this. And this is kind of the, ho- the home run of this whole thing. It is crucial to understand that UBS, HSBC banks, and BlackRock are the primary purchasers of Evergrande's debt. Evergrande is, with those three companies, including BlackRock and Vanguard, you're talking about a hemorrhaging of massive capital. And it's a destabilizing thing that will affect the markets massively. And it's going to begin to affect the value of the dollar. Now, the ripple effect of this is huge, but this is part of putting the pieces together to really see where we're going. We are going into some tremendous upheaval in 2024. And even though we'd like to pretend that this is going to be some sort of smooth landing, this system that we're in is so intertwined that it's really beyond our imagination how well it's set up. So I'm going to walk through a few things today. I want to go back. I'm going to take a trip back to 20. 17 in the fall, when the original queue began. And I had a conversation with some people that I know in cool places, places of intelligence and other areas today. And all of us have been reevaluating Q. And for the most part, our conclusion is that Q as a program, and I'm talking about the early Q, if you're familiar with Q, was a, was a real program to save the United States. But the way that people look at Q is where things went wrong. They took Q to mean as a worship, and they took it to be that they could use it as a predictive analysis. Q was really built more like a game. And it was built to to enhance people's ability and to challenge people to research and to dig. And that's exactly what it did. The early Q stimulated people to start asking questions and to question everything. So fundamentally in that structure, everything else is irrelevant because that had a powerful motivation on a key sector of society. But as I even said when I was on Twitter at that point in time, you will never know who Q is and they will deny you at the end because of a program of that magnitude, which just so I highlight this, there were elements within Q that I had been part, I had seen elements like that. That's the easiest way to say that on a program that I was working with when I was in Department of Defense. It wasn't called Q. It wasn't complex like that, but there were concepts that we were working on, on how to mobilize guerrilla armies online, how to create guerrilla armies for special forces teams using online media. The whole principle of Q initially was just to break the programming. Now, this is very akin to something in Zen Buddhism, which is called a koan. And what a koan is, and I'll give you an example of it, is when we when you have a, a paradoxical uh, haiku, for example, a poem that you pray, that you meditate on, and it ultimately unlocks your thinking to look at a problem from a different angle. We become very rigid in our thinking, and people are very easy to program. If you keep them channeled into certain ways of living, their brains become very rigid and calcified. And the way of thinking, the society no longer thinks dynamically. It thinks by the determinations of what's put before them. Everything becomes black and white. And in the solution of this, a society becomes very vulnerable to the threat of totalitarianism. That said, and it's very important, 
is that in order for this country to survive and to return to the patriot heart, we had to develop, a, a nation had to reawaken to the dynamics of thinking. Now, here's how a Zen Cohen works and why this program was ultimately has a lot of this concept built around it. And I'll give you an example. And, this, and the phrase is the sound of one hand clapping. This is one of the classic and the beginning points of when a person begins into Zen Buddhism, they begin with that, what they call a Cohen. And, they be, and they're told to meditate on it until the answer comes to them. And in this process, it's said that when you find the answer, you will, you will find humor and laughter, which is actually pretty true because you're released from the bondages of the way we think in the world. So what is that? So the sound of one clan clapping is actually very simple. And what it is is it's the sound of the master smacking the student across the face to say, wake up. But it takes, when you don't have that context and you're working with it, it takes a constant meditation to where you break down the constructs of what the sound of one hand clapping would be. Because when we think of one hand and we think of clapping, we think of two hands together and then all you think of is a hand flying through the air. This sort of unlocking of your thinking now begins to allow you to see the world in a more dynamic way. The Q program in the, in the beginnings, and this was like the first eight months, was driven towards providing information that people would pursue, research, and ultimately unlock many things. And not everything in there was true, but they'd led people down a rabbit hole to do the research to begin thinking and getting the wheels of their brain working. Now, that, was, that whole thing became almost a cult. And it's, a, it's an unfortunate consequence when things are fueled like that to where the real movement was to, another part of this was to use President Trump and his rallies. And if you remember the things that he was doing in 2016, he was asking for the cameras to show the rallies. And the questions was always, well, why was it so important? Because we really weren't aware of it. When you go back to the Obama era and you go back to 28, 2008 and then 20, 2012, what you discover when you review the footage of that is you start to realize that many of the many of the rallies and Obama had, you never saw the crowd. So many of them were blue green screened or blue screened. Many of the crowd were paid for, and weren't real people. I mean, like, they weren't real supporters. And there was a very well organized program on the web, which we weren't even really aware of, of making people feel through through bots and through trolls and paid paid stooges to post stuff on on blogs, which was the primary medium at that time to get people to start thinking that it was, hey, I had a bigger following than he did. People by nature, especially when you have a very rigid way of thinking, a calcified thinking model, will be very obedient. They will follow the masses and they won't challenge the masses. Where we were in 2016 was at a critical moment. And there was a piece that I did way back, about almost three years now. Um, it was called Saving a Country That Was Already Lost. And that was literally where Trump entered into stage because the country was actually already over the edge. We didn't realize it, but we were. And all of this aligns up with research I had been doing for a number of years to realize how dangerous of a situation we were in a nation that was no longer thinking, but it was becoming obedient to a government. So in addition to this Q program, which is really kind of a subset of the bigger movement of MAGA, the biggest thing that President Trump did in these rallies was to show people that there were massive rallies. He was bringing out real people in 30, 40, 50, and even 80,000 people numbers. And all of this was – he was forcing the cameras and demanding that the cameras show the, the crowd, and they wouldn't. And you'll remember that. And there was he was doing that to challenge them because as we started to look around and get more aware, it was part of making people aware, we started to realize – 
that in fact there really wasn't as many people at the rallies of our of the opposition as we were led to believe. So we begin to see the illusion because literally this whole thing has been that the world is a stage. And we have been witnessing a, a coup around us built around the influences of well-orchestrated media, uh, paid actors, and a variety of events that have compelled people into the states of fear and the states of panic and the states of even believing that they're part of something bigger that didn't even exist. And that same mentality has led to this insanity of even transgenderism, which we'll get to in a bit. Through the entire piece of President Trump's term, his attack was constantly at the media. And it was also at another element. He was forcing Congress to act in accordance with the Constitution. What we were getting as a world, as a, as a world and as a, and as a country, is we were getting the witness to see that the media truly was the enemy of the people. It was a lying group of people that were paid for and controlled by what we know as CIA and deep state which all that takes us higher into global assets and global, global connectivity, what we call the deep state on a global level, which is really like the deep state cabal. And all these terms at that point in time were still very conspiratorial. And you'll remember that, that even with some of the things talked about in Q, the idea, I can just give you a few, because even you talk about chemtrails, you talk about vaccine status, you talk about um, things like the act of 1871, the hijacking of the constitution, these concepts of putting these pieces together, the importance of the Federal Reserve, how it came about with the sinking of the Titanic, these were conspiratorial fringe beliefs. And they were easy to tag all of these. The idea of MK Ultra, tag beliefs, conspiratorial. All that word was invented in, in the late 50s to bring up and to be able to crush opposition thinking. We didn't really have a full grasp into the level of Operation Paperclip which was the number of Nazis that were moved over here and given free reign to run into our country and lead our corporations. Nor did we have a concept of the magnitude of Operation Mockingbird, which was the control of the media, through which became renamed multiple times by putting CIA-owned or trained assets in the place of news anchors. Essentially, they were controlling the entire information matrix. And everything that we were seeing was being put into us, and we weren't questioning it. And little by little, they were walking the society into, into really suicide. The whole disruptive feature of President Trump, his administration, it was caustic by design. It was aggressive by design. And it was, it was offensive by design because one of the things to understand about breaking programming, especially cult programming, and this country had fallen into a deep cult programming, is you have to get people angry. You have to push their belief systems to a point where they get so angry they can no longer defend it, and it creates contradiction what's within their mind. This is a technique used to break programming. And what we were witnessing as a nation is, was a deep breaking. And while there's still many people asleep, there's people that are now acutely awake, and a lot of them by, by numbers of where we were, that will never go back asleep again. Obviously, as we moved through this, his administration, many events were happening, and we were heading into a 2020 election, and or 20, 2020 election, and of course, we're hit then with as we're heading in there with COVID con in two two impeachments, and at the second impeachment, if you'll remember, we were hit then with COVID con, the beginning of it, and that began in January at the same time they delivered the second impeachment. None of this was working on, their, on the methods of the deep state to derail Trump, and so in comes COVID-con. 
And it's, and at the same time, the flu vanishes and COVID goes forward. Now, this is there's a really critical period. I haven't talked about it for quite some time, but we have to go back and look at it and be in fairness of the optics that were, that were there. There was a point in between April and May, approximately, I believe it was April of 2020, that President Trump did something unprecedented. And we didn't even know what he was talking about at the time. Most people didn't. And I can tell you, doctors I know didn't know what he was talking about. Doctors, you've come to know now as leaders in this alternative therapy movement. He brought out three therapies. He talked about it with the science head of science and technology for DHS. And in that press conference, he talked about three ways to stop the spread of the COVID virus. One was using chlorine dioxide. The other was to use light therapy on the blood. And the third was hydroxychloroquine. At the same time, this head of science and technology for DHS told people there was no fear of this virus in the summer because regardless of what it was, it would die in the, in the sunlight, literally, within hours. All the truth was given to us in one press conference. What happened that followed that, and you can go back and watch this timeline and it's accurate, is the media went on a full blast against Trump. And they accused him of having of encouraging people to drink bleach. They laughed at him to think that they were going to use light bulbs to, to cure blood disease. And then they went on to say that the hydroxychloroquine, that the tests that were used were actually killing people. All of that was a setup. The tests that we found, I might find out later, that the tests that the science tests that they used were staged and set up with to prove to intentionally designed to fail so that they could use it as a reference to prove that HCQ. Hydroxychloroquine was, a, was a, a deadly drug, even though it had been on the market forever. The light therapy was false because they didn't talk about the UV light therapy and the process of blood and how to, trans, and how to transfuse the blood in a very limited amount in the body. It didn't take that much. It just took a, enough to get the process started and the body took over. And, hydroxy, and chlorine dioxide has become one of the primary staples in countering a lot of sickness. But it had nothing to do with bleach. But these were new treatments. They had never been talked, to form, talked about in mainstream medicine. They were all in the alternative therapy issue. What we learned almost a year later is President Trump was 100% right and that those therapies would become staples in a process of major, major cures across our nation. But the media went after it. And the media not only went after it, what followed then was the 10 days to, to flatten the curve, which was the mask. And the media's impact was so heavy on the U.S. This is all so in and around the time we had the paper, the toilet paper hoarding going on. What we were witnessing there was a war of minds of people. And it's important to understand this because the Americans were not, the majority of Americans were still locked in the belief that the only solution forward was a vaccine. And that without a pharmaceutical solution to something that they were deeply inoculated with for fear, this fear of pandemic had been fed into the society literally for years before with movies on pandemic, with TV series talking about pandemic, people had been deeply programmed and they were prepared for the trigger to send them off. I hold by the theory based on a number of things that happened in Rwanda that what we witnessed in the toilet paper hoarding as a national scale was a test to see if people were ready to be programmed and accept the next level, which was the vaccine in their arms. And it demonstrated how quickly the, it is a virus of the mind, mind virus, or also known as the study of mimetics, how quickly mind viruses could spread 
and get people compelled to do things that they norm, norm, normally would not do. There was a very dark time in our history. And it was a time that we were witnessing insanity at a level we've never seen. Now, I'm, I'm looking at this from a number of optics because this was also the time I began to, when they started to talk about the vaccine, I began to warn people on Twitter, don't take it. Because the stage was set and I could see what was coming, partly because I had already seen it in the labs. And it was the idea of creating some sort of injection that would start transitioning people to their bigger agenda, which was transhumanism. Transhumanism is a discussion topic, wasn't even in the news. And in any of these things that we mentioned, we know how hard it was to communicate because people literally were so focused on the Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson uh, type cures in Moderna that they were waiting for this new great solution that would cure all disease. Anybody that had any sort of logical thinking that realized that they were hijacking your immune system would never have taken it because it was on their own websites. All you had to do was go and read about the injections, but nobody did that. And informed consent was even blanked over. The papers, if you recall, that were in the injections were often blank. You couldn't even get informed consent. But what you were signing your life away every time you took it was the agreement that you would give them. There would be no liability for you taking this. As we move forward, we get to July 3rd of 2020. One of the great speeches of President Trump at, in the, at the base of Mount Rushmore. And his words were, it is time for you to be heard, to be loud and to be heard. We had no idea the magnitude of what was to come. But what he was doing is he was rallying people, and his position then was to supporting the vax in the sense of a choice. And I've been aggressive against his position of promoting the vax. However, and I will say this, I've always given him some grace in a certain sense because the level of stupidity in this country and brainwashing was off the charts. People could not break from their programming to start to realize that they could live and survive this without needing these injections. This is what I've referred to many times. And if you're familiar with this episode in Star Trek, the first the original series, it's called the Kobayashi Maru scenario. And the Kobayashi Maru scenario is a no-win scenario in which Captain Kirk literally defeats it because he hacks the system. But otherwise, it was a, just, it was a test of, of command decisions with an outcome that would always fail to see how people would handle stress. President Trump, in my opinion, in that time, was faced with a Kobayashi Maru scenario. There was no way not to deliver a vaccine. They had, the public had been openly given alternative therapies. There is no question as to the quality and the accuracy of what that, those therapies were. You can go, and if you question any of that, all you have to do is read Dr. Lee Merritt's work and see the value of chlorine dioxide and to see how light therapy is now being used across the board in many places. And equally, we know the demonstration of the effect of hydroxychloroquine. All of these things were proven true in the months to follow, but the public listened to the media. And there was a schism that happens at this point in time that there was no going back from. President Trump said something very interesting, and it was somewhere around May of 2020. And he made the comment, he said, I have to make a very important decision. And it's possible that many people are going to die shortly after that FEMA was activated. All of this is important to realize that there were huge decisions being made. And in retrospect, when we look from future to past, we start to see a trend and a pattern that the American public was not able to respond as, in, as they had hoped, I would argue, because people were so deeply asleep. 
And the master card that this deep state has always held over this public is people have been asleep. By the time we get into 2020 at the end, President Trump rushed the delivery of this injection. Now, they, made, they called it Operation Warp Speed. And this is a sort of situation where I've even said this, that there's accountability for every single person involved in delivering the vax to the public. And that includes President Trump. I'll never step away from that. But even then, there is a, there is a discussion because it's part of us hearing the discussion of what really happened. What we do know is that Operation Warp Speed accelerated a program that threw the master plan of the deep state off. We've now put the pieces together to know that what was intended was to steal the election from President Trump and then over the next four years to go through various levels of lockdowns to continue to break the economy, to wear people down to such a degree and not deliver a, quote, vaccine until the third or even fourth year, like this year right now, as part of a campaign win to deliver hope for a people that had been broken. And in that, that was going to be the death shot for the nation. Throughout that trial, there was going to be wars and threats of wars and other, other issues going on. But the whole idea was to deliver that injection to the people somewhere around year four of the Biden administration. That all got derailed with President Trump as he forced the hand and accelerated the injection and the delivery of, of the vaccine. A lot of our research now suggests that that vaccine was actually stockpiled years before, that the design of the vaccine was actually accomplished somewhere back in 2012, and the preparations were made throughout this period of time to be able to start doing the scenarios. John Hopkins ran the scenario, and we start to see the scenarios in the wargaming to prepare for what they were going to do and to deliver this system, this attack on the public, to where the real bioweapon was never going to be aerosolized or put into the air or a virus. It was going to be delivered as an injection into the arms. And as I've told you before in the research, it shows that the original briefing of this concept was done in Fort Detrick in 1999, and it was done to elite operators, warning them of a future potential pandemic. That was part of the Seaburn work that was being done there, which is chemical, biological, radi radiation, and nuclear. This picture is really, really good and important to grab because, because in order to understand the trend of where we are, we have to start looking at how much we've moved and yet how big a threat this was. 2021 becomes the full rollout of the injection. President Trump now goes on a campaign telling people to take the vax. Now, I can't prove this part because I don't have the tools I used to have, but everything that I've done in, in just sort of the roughness of what's called uh, sentiment analysis indicates that every single time President Trump promoted the vax, people walked away from it. They also walked away from him to a certain degree. But this is a sort of situation where as promoting something into an audience that was his base, they were starting to step away from him and even turn their back on him and say, I'll have nothing to do with it. There is a question mark that has to be put here in, in the realism of this event as to ask ourselves, when you, if you understand sentiment analysis, you have a high predictive capability of what a culture will do, especially if you understand the mechanisms of influence that are being used. As an example of this, back in 2012, MasterCard announced that it had the ability to forecast the exact day and item that, an, that a person would purchase that regularly used their card. How could that possibly happen? Because it's not future forecasting. What they knew is a couple of things. At the core of their analysis tool was this. They knew the influence programs, which we call advertising, that would be used to get people to use their card. 
They could look at buying habits and trends over the previous years, and they could shape a direction of where a person would buy things down to the day they could impact people's buying behavior, and that was in 2012. And this is real, this is real work. And that was before the advancement of AIs and other things. So in this whole process, there is a pretty clear knowledge that they knew in the spring of when in the spring of 2020 of 2020 who was going to be most obedient to the vax and unfortunately that was going for the nation i mean that means that there's a group of people which we refer to as the political left that were going to be highly obedient to taking the shots and that there would be a pretty good separation from that that would be primarily based on independence voting block of independence and groups of MAGA, but there was a core of MAGA that no matter what you did, they're as bad as the left. And that proved true. In fact, some of it proved so true that a large chunk of what we call the Q program or the Q followers took the vax. We know that now in the postscript of it. So the real core of America was those that were, you would have to look at this. And I believe truly in sense of a nation, you would have to look at this very honestly and say, this would my analysis. This is not provable. This is my analysis. Is that you would have to make an assessment at a critical time to say who is going to take it and what? How do we save a nation? Knowing that the the obedient class, the hive mind, and the communist thinking was rooted in the left, the idea that even though you would want to mitigate the risk as much as possible you would know that that group of people would take the injection and that there was literally no saving them. And you'd have to let them go at a critical hour. Going to the other side is the 60% of MAGA, roughly, of independence in MAGA that wouldn't take the shot and they would increasingly not take the shot if you promoted it to them. And there's, there you can see a strategy evolve, potential strategy evolve in why President Trump went his way. Now, I'm not... I'm not justifying everything he did, so be very clear about this. But this is one of the most nasty attacks one could ever receive. And it was done because it was done from within our ranks of our, of our country, and it was done even within the ranks of the military. The military, though, this, its command and the corrupted command of the military had an advantage over everybody else in the civilian world trying to kill, trying to kill off our population. The military had one advantage. It could leverage regulation, and it did just that. It did a bait and switch. It used an approved vaccine to mandate it, and then at the last minute, it switched it to the Pfizer and Moderna shots that were not approved by FDA. It was a bait and switch. And used the mandatory shot requirement in the military, which is an illegal order, which is why currently the direct the Declaration of Military Accountability has evolved, because military commanders violated the law. But in so doing, they, they forced a shot down upon its people and they told them that they had to take it without a choice. Those that stood against that are still to this day being punished. So the war lines were built, and it was really a defining point of an America. It's a filtration. It's a separation. It's a threshing to decide who really had the courage to stand and not be obedient to the government and their command and do the right thing and ultimately put their faith in God. Now, during that span of 2020 to now, but in particular 2020 to 2021, the greatest growth happened on this channel. And the one unique thing about all of the people that are here is everybody that came here had suffered betrayal by the church, betrayal by the family, or betrayal by the job, by their job, or all three. And the decisions people were making were huge. They were life-changing decisions of having to leave work, to have to make a decision to follow God or to follow the obedience to the state. 
And this is the root of where our nation has arrived at now, is we now have a very um, increasingly clear line of those that will stand ultimately with God and our Constitution versus those that have been obedient and taken a choice to take the shot. Now, we've had many wake up in that realm and come over, and we will continue to encourage them. But this was the root of our problem, is the obedience to the state and not the free thinking of the mind. Our 2021, 2022, 2023 has seen a complete destruction of our country in the way that we know it. Borders were opened. We have wars, the threats of wars happening all over the place. Coffers of money poured into Ukraine, money poured into to wars around the world. Now we're trying to get into a war. We had the war threat with Israel. Now we apparently have troops on the ground in Yemen. Now we have, we are trying to get in a war with Iran. But as we start to peel back the layers of the onion of this, there's clues to this that this may not be exactly as we think. I want to read a post here that came up. And I'm not going to vouch for all of this, but I think that it's important to consider what's being said here. Again, this is another post that was posted by Jack Straw, but the source is unconfirmed. And I agree with this, but I still want you to hear this. Military communications indicate that Russia, German, and Italian cables all contain information suggesting that NATO and the U.S. CIA are allegedly orchestrating false flag event in either Black Sea or the Mediterranean. The purported plan involves sinking a U.S. naval ship, resulting in the international loss of U.S. soldiers, with the intention of blaming Russian, Russia or Muslim nations for the attacks. The alleged objective of this false flag event is to trigger World War III and escalate into nuclear conflicts. Currently, individuals identified as white hats have reportedly activated media sources within the U.S., Europe, and Russia to bring attention to these planned deep state false flag operations. Anticipated figures to cover the story include Tucker Carlson, Elon Musk, and other influential media outlets in Russia, the EU, and various conservative news sources worldwide. It is emphasized that the deep state is purportedly playing its final cards, aiming to manipulate U.S. elections, incite civil war, provoke World War III, introduce another pandemic, stage an alien invasion, orchestrate cyber attacks leading to blackouts, and execute controlled EMP attacks, blaming the sun for massive power outages. As the truth and exposure draws near, the information may seem increasingly surreal, especially to those who are uninformed or skeptical. The claim is made that the truth is unbelievable, that it discredits itself, and that the CIA is purportedly aware of this. The audience is encouraged to share this information regarding the alleged planned NATO U.S. flag attack, and go on, and it goes on. Okay. This all starts to make a lot of sense. We have to go to Nord Stream Pipeline, which we know very well was done in part with the, with the CIA, and they try to blame that on Russia. Everything has been about vectoring into Russia. That was all the Russiagate stuff. And Russia's always been the scapegoat and has always been the attack vector because Russia, once, it, overth once the, the, it overthrew basically the cabal, which was running the communist state of Russia, the Soviet Union, once that was toppled, what evolved out of that was a person named Putin who came to power and originally was considered to be part of the new order of cabal in, in Russia, but he wasn't. Putin has proved to be loyal to the Russian people and in so doing has waged war on various aspects, including his oligarchs, to clean out these elite power structures that were there. He's also broken Russia off of the dependency on the central banks and he's waged war on another extremely important class of people. They are the class of people that rule this world. They are the pedophiles. 
what you have to, we all have to come to grips with here is that those that are in power right now are pedophiles. They are the ones that are wanting to perpetuate this war over and over for the sake of their own their own sexual and perverted desires because they see the world as their oyster and as the children as their prize. In order to break this, these aren't just limited to here. These people are saturated all across the world. And so it is an ongoing operation. So as we start to look at one of the core issues of this, the intelligence agencies, and primarily Mossad, MI5, MI6, and CIA, are three of the critical pillars of this fight to try to keep the deep state in power. And one of the greatest things about the CIA that it does very well is deception. It creates the, as the presence or experience that the force is much greater than it is. We see this with the color revolution that replaced the leadership in Ukraine. And arguably, that revolution that happened in Ukraine was a test run for what they ultimately did here. What we have been through here is a color revolution. They have manipulated the perception of reality to the fact that people truly believe that we, were, we have been taken over and that there's no hope. And they continue to build up this idea that there is a group of people, a massive movement in this nation, that wants to worship the ideology of wokeism. Wokeism is a false religion. It's part of this ideology of binding people into the belief that, uh, that thou shalt do what thou, what thou desires. Basically, no accountability. And with this, there is the idea that it's a manipulation of Christ's concept of love, thy brother, to where everything about you is you have to love it including flying an LGBTQ pedophile flag in front of a church. The churches have been deeply compromised. We know this as we've moved through this time. And as we've learned these truths, we started to realize how even the Vatican has been heavily involved in recruiting pastors that are non-Catholic into its circle, paying them off, and then turning them into a wokest ideology. Behind much of this threat to the United States has come Catholic outreach organizations. This is not a diss to Catholics. I want to be very clear about this. But they have used these fronts of religion or religion to get their people in and protect them. One of the great ones is this whole concept of Mossad and the idea of the manipulation of the entire pulpit through the Schofield Bible, which takes us back to the 1930s, which introduces the idea of the end of times theory, which then promotes the idea that there's going to be one great final war in the fields around Israel. And when people believe in the end times theory, they have become disempowered. They literally wait for the rapture, and they do little to prevent the end of times war, which they have tried to orchestrate currently in Israel. What we discover when you get into Israel, you start to discover that the country is suffering miserably because its own government isn't truly Jewish. It is a, it's been absconded by a group of people, which we can, we can know by various names, one of which is the Kazarian mafias, which comes from the origins of the area near Ukraine. And that war is long and ancient, and it goes back to the Lincoln, which the czars of Russia fought that group and ultimately defeated them, at which time they gave them a choice to submit to a religion to calm them down. They were evil. And what did they choose? They choose the religion of, of Judaism. When we follow that line of thinking, we start to realize, we discover through there that even Hitler came from that line of, of that bloodline. So you start to see the interconnectivity of things on a global scale of how much different this all looked from 2016 to now. We start to see a world that's being run and puppeteered by a very few elites that have created their soldiers underneath them that uses, use intelligence agencies and the influence of media to try to swing the public and sway the public into thinking things that are not real. It is truly the Matrix. That's what we learned. The Matrix film was more real than it was false. 
And as we've seen the influence of media booming through us and moving forward over time, we start to see that the whole ecosystem was maintained by the obedience to the truth which the state media was providing, which we called the free press. There was no such thing as a free press, not in our lifetimes. That has always been a controlled and manipulated. We've also, like I mentioned before, discovered the depth of which they used Operation Paperclip to import Nazis, how many took positions in corporations, in, in labs, and they turned our country into a, a new Petri dish and weapon system for them to reclaim war. And we have seen the rise, literally before our very eyes, of what we now can refer to as the Fourth Reich. Since the Third Reich fell, we have now become the center of power for the Fourth Reich. We are currently at a very interesting stage where is a lot of concern now because we see the influx of an army. People don't see it like this because they see, they see illegal aliens. But they've done something very, very well designed, which is to hide their fighting age males in amongst the people that are legitimately coming here to seek refuge. They've orchestrated this with outside money. They've set up camps, as we've been seeing, as we've well documented with Michael Yon. And they, they're pushing people up from down below. And one of the main areas that they cross through is Eagle Gap, Eagle Point. And that is now where, in this, as they're coming through this, they're seeing a mass influx of migration into our nation. And we now see the, the battle lines being drawn in many reasons of, of motivation between states and federal. The whole idea is to be able to push the system to such a stress point that ultimately it will collapse. And that leads us ultimately to one of the critical moments in our current history. Our nation right now as a whole is suffering from a massive psychological stress ever across the entire nation. Government, corporations, we're seeing this happen in, in the daily lives of people. And this is a consequence of a massive psy war. The psy war has been pushed to such a point that people literally are on the edge of emotional and, and, and spiritual collapse. The only thing that pivots and holds people and those that will prove strong are those that have a solid footing on faith. But we are going through a second level of this. COVID-Con introduced something that the country was never prepared for. And as much as I hate to say I was right on this, and I do, this is something I anticipated when I was working at AWG back in 2012, that we were going to be subjected to this as a nation. The writing was on the wall. The things were getting prepared. And the thing is, for people to understand is, nobody had any authorities to stop this because they used the aspects of the loopholes of the commercial laws and the protections of corporations to launch a war that was funded behind the scenes by government money, which means your taxpayer dollars, to wage a war against the American people. And at its source, it wasn't just the vaccine and the bioweapon it was delivering. It isn't just the issues of fighting age males coming across and embedding to create terror on our, on our, on our homeland. What they were doing is they were using the tools to control the media, to, to increase the control of censorship, and ultimately to wage war against a people. And it led us to a place in time where we literally were a people that have become disempowered, and in many ways broken. This is where we sit right now, at a very critical hour. And it's time now that as, a, as this the group of people that have become awakened and awakened within faith, it's going to be a critical hour to stand. Our country right now is, is, at, a, is at a real crossroads. It's a powerful moment. 
And it's a moment that's going to be determined a lot by those in faith. And it's truly what we have sorted out through all of this as we move through these years of political fight, legal fight, informational war, psi war, and behind the scenes, other elements of war. We've even discovered something that in 20 in 2012 or 2014, if you spoke of it, people would say you were nuts, and that is the magnitude of child sex trafficking. We now can understand and appreciate that the level of child sex trafficking is beyond anything we've ever imagined. The horrors that it's part of is huge. And with it, as we dig into that, we start to realize the corruption and, and the deep rot that has happened within our own society, because even in America, as evil has taken root to do evil, we see that the that the people themselves, Americans are now the number one consumer of child, child pornography, and they're the number one consumer of the child sex trafficking market. What that symbolizes to us is a broken society, morally bankrupt society, and we ask ourselves where are the men, and unfortunately, their moral courage has been stolen. As dark as this hour looks, it's actually a pretty amazing moment. Because we're reminded in the stories of Gideon that God never needed a mass. He needed a dedicated few to stand in the time and to listen to him and be obedient to him. And so as we head into this next month and we watch this convoy move to the, to the border and we have an understanding that where this is, what is happening here in this nation is literally the, the point that the entire world will have to face and real, realize what America is about. It won't take the many but it will take the few. But let's add some support to that success that I see coming. Media organizations right now are hemorrhaging employees. They are cutting employees left and right. Thousands of people have been let go. We have, as I started this tonight, we're seeing that the corporations themselves are starting to hemorrhage money from their global investments. And they're turning on each other to start to literally sue each other. The stress of the people that are hitting a point of literally like a psychotic limit of break is good because that means programming can no longer hold and people will begin to wake up in mass. Be prepared for that because these stresses that are happening, this is like a deprogramming one massive cult of several million people. Well, some of the questions we have to continue to ask and they're legitimate and we get into this deception war, and these are questions that everybody needs to be asking is, what are the real numbers of people? If you listen to the numbers coming out of the Biden administration on just the influx of illegal aliens, you'll get a number of 3.9 million. If you listen to Tucker Carlson, you'll get a number of total people that are in this country that are illegal will be 22 million. These are numbers. They mean nothing. When you listen to our population numbers in our nation, you're going to hear that they're 330 million. If you listen to the studies by Edward Dowd, which are fairly well documented, you're going to hear of a decline in our workforce of 10 million people in the millennial class, most of them damaged, but about 1 to 2 million that have died from the vax. On a global level, you're going to hear that the death of the death toll of the vax is in the Western world is 17 million and even as high, some predict as high as 1 billion people that will die from this vax. All that is possible. But my point is this, we don't have tangible proof of those numbers. This is why I bring this up. There is a big scam that we have to continue to uncover to understand the level of corruption of our government and its Social Security. Because when we start to run the lines on all of this, we learn we do child protective services, we look at the honeypot of money, it always goes back to the Social Security Fund, which was put in place by Roosevelt, and that was the first act of socializing money and creating a socialized economy, and hence rolling in socialism and communism. 
The question we have to ask is how many people on the social security registers are truly real? Because what we've already discovered is that there are people that are there that are not real, and the reason they do it is payments go to these people, and then those payments are routed back into deep state funds, whether it's Vanguard or whether it's into the pockets of politicians or global bankers. What we have learned more than anything is that we as the people have been willfully and obediently paying taxes with no accountability for every dollar, other than these stupid pie charts they put up to tell you what percentage of your money goes where. We don't have a dollar-for-dollar accountability. And we're dealing in an economy that is completely driven by paper, which means they can print as much money as they want, and the burden of debt falls upon us. That's debt slavery. And the end of the game, we have the choice. And we have a choice of which way to go and who we're going to abide by. Obviously, that choice here for me and for everybody on this channel is a choice of being obedient to God. The next step is, how are you going to, who are, what laws are you going to obey? And there is only one law of the land, and that's the Constitution. No matter what people say about different ways and different laws, there is only one law of the land, and that's the Constitution. And if it is not written in the Constitution, it is not legal. That is the foundation of the law. We don't have to argue the types of law. We have to get back to the fundamentals of the Constitution. And that leads us then to these principles of common law which is part of re-educating ourselves and reclaiming power at a county and at a level and outward. All of this fight in the end of the day is going to root down to local politics. And of all the destruction that has been done and the inheritance that we have to bring on of those that have been damaged and hurt and those that have been walking deeply within this matrix, the one objective that has to happen to restore this nation is to get back to an accountability of everything and everybody. No one escapes this. None. The journey that we've gone through is tremendous, and I've, t I've given you a very high-level review of everything over here, and there's many details we could bring in. But the picture is pretty clear. We have exposed the global network of the cabal at various levels and various levels of detail and, and, and granularity, but we know that it's there. It is a transnational, transgenerational organization that is satanic-based, it has rooted itself in all the power structures of the world and all the governments. It uses children as a form of blackmail, which is run primarily by the hub out of Israel and Mossad. We have intelligence agencies that control the media organizations to perpetually per show a world of deception, to manipulate people's emotions driven on fear. And since people have been separated from God, fear becomes one of the greatest viruses of the mind to compel people to make really bad decisions. At the end of the day, the fear also leads us to be easily manipulated to see each other as with hate rather than love in our hearts. And instead of seeing the heart of the individual, what we end up doing is seeing, is seeing the evil that is perpetuated by the belief in ideological politics and things that don't matter. Our hour now in this, in this year ahead is for us to step outside of all that ideological garbage and step into the greater works of faith to start building bridges and reaching across to see the heart of men and women before us. That means we have to walk with Holy Spirit, we have to pray for discernment, and we have to truly walk with the foundation and confidence and love that Christ gives us. When we do that, none of this other stuff affects us, and hence comes the word, we are not of this world. The matrix is the world. The kingdom is the world which we are from and walk in. And this is one of the greatest moments now of separation 
not to leave those behind, but to give us strength in which to operate from because we don't operate in this world of insanity. We operate from the kingdom and we bring kingdom into the world. And when we do that, this whole system that we witness will continue to fall. And the more that we bring over to our side, God's side, this system will continue to fall. We can't expect a lot of turmoil. We can't expect a lot of false flags. We can't accept a increasing number of deception to try to lead people emotionally into more hatred and war. But we have to keep in mind the truth behind all of this. This war is a profit engine, and you don't achieve peace through war. That's one of these great paradoxes that they place upon people and people literally buy. We are one nation under God. And we have been stretched to the point of almost breaking. And we're still being stretched. But this is a time now that every person that walks with Holy Spirit has to be bringing the gospel of Jesus into the world. We have to be praying and praying incessantly without ceasing. And it's a critical point to pray and pray on the things that will make a difference. To pray to break the strongholds. To pray to bring about healing. To pray about everything that we need to to win this war and pray with intent and with design. And if you think for a second that prayers don't, prayers are not a threat. Last Saturday, we had our first show, The Gospel of Peace. The entire show was based on prayers for the convoy, prayers for Pete Chambers, and prayers, and some prayers in there as well for Pastor Rod Parker, who's going to be down there doing the revival. By Monday morning, that was, that was the whole gist of the show. Because of the clips we put up on TikTok, our TikTok account was banned for prayers. Prayers are the greatest weapon that have ever been devised. They are greater than we even know. And in this, it is the pathway to victory. As dark as this time can be, understand that this collapse has to happen. There is no other way to free humanity. And the only way that we will get through this well and, and without much distress is number one, keeping ourselves anchored in our faith and in the word. Two, pray and pray together to build strength and really wage war against the principalities that are trying to that are literally controlling this. Prayer is powerful and God hears our prayers. And three, build bridges in your community. Take time to know your neighbor. I do not care if they are a blue supporter, Biden loving, whoever. There's nothing like bringing a set of chocolate chip cookies to somebody or a loaf of bread to sit down and offer them something, and even if you drop it by and just to say hello. Because I'm going to tell you something. There's going to be very few people that will be able to ignore what's coming. The shakeup is everything is in place for this to happen. When it happens, I don't know. It could be something in April. It might not be until next November. It could be as late as 2025. But we are at a stress point in every single system in our country and every single system in the world, and it's simultaneous. COVID-Con was a unique experience because every single person in the world was touched by the same event in the same time frame. And we are heading into yet another great shift. It's going to center itself on many great things, many big things, economics. It's going to, it's going to be threats of war. But what we're seeing is governmental systems are starting to break down. True patriots are starting to speak up. Information flow is changing. The awakening is, is unavoidable. You have to really work hard right now at not facing truths. And I mean working hard because it's everywhere. And with that, we know how awakening works. 
when those that have been asleep suddenly face the truth, there's a bit of a panic. They don't know where to go. And that's where the greatest thing that we can bring and be ready for people is to extend a loving hand. Offer them a cookie and a cup of coffee and sit down and say, I think it's time for us to talk. It is time for us to be prepared for this big moment. We are in the days of reckoning. And I truly believe that God is, has, some, has a blessing on this land that he will guide us through. I truly believe that. He is not done with us by any means. And, un, and even in the book of Habakkuk, he isn't done with Israel. We're in that moment. The people are flooding in. This is like watching the book of Habakkuk right before our very eyes. But it's going to require us to now lean in, to lean in greater in our faith, for it to lean in greater into love thy neighbor, to lean in greater into the, the abilities that God has given us, the authorities that God has given us to heal the sick and the broken, to cast out demons and to raise the dead and to seek their greater works. And is to reach into the fivefold ministries that we are intended to do, the apostolic, the prophetic, the, the gospel, the healing, the deliverance, and the raising of the dead. All of that is part of where we have to go. And that's literally how we win this war. It is not a war by trigger. It is a war by sort of spirit. The system has been, has been broken. The foundations are being ripped apart. And every one of us now where we sit in this moment of in tremendous faith and loving God are the foundations for the new kingdom that's to come. Let's pray. Father God, we're blessed in this time for all that you bring and the blessings you pour upon us. And we truly see in this hour how more and more we see the world as, through your eyes. This is a moment where we have to step back from politics and we pray in tonight's prayer that this blessing will hit on all people that we will begin to see with your eyes and step away from the lens of politics and see the world through your heart. That's the heart of your children. It's the heart of love. It's the heart of forgiveness. It's the heart of allowing and trusting in you to deliver justice as you see it, not as we desire it. Father, this is a time when we're seeing the great woundings that have happened across the world. And by clear de decision, we see greater and greater how deep these woundings have been. People that have been victimized, people that have been tragically broken, people have died. So, Father, we pray for that healing of, an, of a nation and a world, a restoration prayer that literally reaches in and says, we want Holy Spirit to touch everyone's lives. And as we have prayed and we will continue to pray each night, we are praying for the presence of Jesus himself to have an encounter with every person in dream in this entire world at the same time a moment where Christ will present himself in dream or waking dream in such a profound way that it's undeniable who our king is. And let that moment be filled with love, filled with forgiveness, and filled with the might of who Jesus truly is. And let it shake everybody to the core, for it's there that the true threshing begins and is done, that we become clear of whom we serve. And that which is of truly dark is separated from the majority that are truly light and walking within you. Father, we pray these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, patriots, it's really an exciting time and a lot ahead. Really have to keep the focus. There's so much deception going on, and there's so many tears of this fight that we don't see that we're seeing the pieces of. Don't get excited about the panic media because it's only just beginning. 
You're going to start seeing a lot of reports of troop movements and a lot of reports of tremors of war. And you're going to start hearing the panic and we're going to be in a nuclear war, a biological war. There's a new threat coming. There's a new virus coming. Set it aside. The bottom line is you can't control any of it. Focus on what you can control. And what you can control is your focus in scripture, your focus in the word, your focus in the love of God, the focus in prayer. Take the burdens of fear. Cast them out. Come out of agreement with fear. Literally say these things. Jesus, I come out of agreement with fear. And don't let fear take you over. Fear is a virus. It's a vicious one. Don't let it consume you. Stay focused. The battle is on. It's not whether it's coming. It's here. It's just a matter of how intense it gets. So prayers are going to be the focus in winning this war and literally bringing kingdom to earth. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning for bended knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I wanna feel something. I just wanna breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I wanna feel something. Let me get back in my body. Close to me, look how